0: How can we make a difference in the lives of America's unborn children? Find out from one of today's leading pro-life voices on A View From The Wall.
1: Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor, Joe Kerr, with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today, as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A
0: View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. I'm Dylan Burrows, along with co-host Joseph Kerr, and we have a powerful program for you today. Pro-life expert, Abby Johnson, joins us for the special edition, where we will discuss the upcoming nationwide March for Life, upcoming challenges in the fight for the unborn, and ways you can make a difference where you are today. Abby, thank you for joining us on A View From The Wall.
2: Yeah, of course, thanks for having me.
0: Yes, well, we know that 2020 has been a crazy year for many people and we don't expect it to necessarily change as we enter 2021, but it will be an unprecedented year in many ways when we're talking about pro-life issues. We're gonna be under a lot of debate and for those who may not be aware of what's at stake, take a moment to start us off with what are some of the major challenges ahead for us as we look at the new year?
2: Well, I mean, we have an election. In 2020, which is certainly going to affect us coming into 2021, you know, I I mean, for those of us, you know, those who are working, you know, grassroots and and praying outside of clinics and working in pregnancy centers, um, you know, by and large, we we continue to to do that work. Does it mean that that work is going to be affected by um, our recent election? Very possibly. You know, with a, a Biden presidency, um, everything is going to look very different for the pro-life movement. So all the protections that President Donald Trump has put in place um, for the unborn, for the pro-life movement, uh, pulling away you know, funding from abortion facilities, all of that is going to be reinstated. All of those protections are going to be undone. Um, we're going to start funneling billions of dollars globally countries across the world to, um, you know, roll out abortion laws, particularly in impoverished nations, to wipe out generations and, and generations of people in these impoverished nations. We're going to see an increase in federal funding of abortion. We might be ending of the Hyde Amendment, uh, which, which protects federal dollars from going to pay for abortions. It, it looks pretty grim, uh, to be honest. Um, we could see, you know, many state programs fund, uh, there's there's a lot of state dollars that go to help fund pregnancy resource centers. These are centers that are helping women who find themselves in crisis pregnancies, these are centers that do not refer for or perform abortions. Many states provide state funding for those types of crisis pregnancy centers. We could see that done away with. We could see, you know, sweeping mandates requiring those pregnancy resource centers now, uh, requiring them to provide, you know, referrals for abortion or, you know, I mean, we, we don't know what's at stake right now at this point, but it could be bad. We could see bubble zones. Uh, going up outside of every abortion facility, which would limit us being able to reach out with abortion alternatives to women going in to to have abortions. You know, I, I mean, I hate to be so doom and gloom, but uh, this is the reality. All because people chose to vote for Joe Biden because, what, they didn't like President Trump's personality or because they didn't like the stuff you said on Twitter or some other stupid reason, or they decided to vote third party, or, you know, now look at what we're dealing with. And these are literal lives on the line. A million babies, innocent children being killed every year in the name of choice. And it's only going to increase. And now it's going to be done possibly with our federal tax dollars even more. So, you know, congratulations to everyone who who decided they had to vote their conscience and not vote for Trump or vote their conscience and vote third party. This is now what we're up against.
3: That's an interesting way to put it. And it baffles me where people are willing to elect something that they know, and biden was very clear about what he would put into practice if he became president but uh they voted for that because donald trump had bad manners um we have some very specific reference points because of the people that we've already seen nominated for various cabinet positions and of course starting with kamala harris and her position on abortion talk a little bit about some of the people that joe biden has already suggested that would be part of his administration
2: Oh yeah, I mean, look, we've got Javier Becerra who you know helped to go after David Liton when David was exposing you know what was taking place inside of these Planned Parenthood abortion facilities when all of the baby body parts, all of that was going on. Um, I mean, look, what's amazing to me, honestly. Is now all of these people who who chose not to vote for Trump because they didn't like, you know, because they, I guess, they thought they were voting for Trump King and not President. You know, now all of these people are going, well, we, well, we can't believe it. We, you know, we can't believe that that Joe Biden is doing all of these terrible things and that he might be, you know, uh, getting rid of the high minute or that he's putting people like this in his, in his administration. Are you kidding me? This is what he said he was going to do from day one. Are you blind? What are you, deaf? What can you not read? This is what he promised he was going to do from day one. We were all shouting it from the rooftop that if there was a Biden-Harris presidency, they were going to be the most pro-abortion presidency in the history of the United States. They chose to plug their ears. They chose to not listen to what everyone was telling them for the past two years. They chose not to listen. They can't now, you know, cry about it and say, well, we just didn't know. We didn't know. They did know. Biden has been telling them. Harris has been telling them and has been showing them. I mean, Harris was the one that was prosecuting David Daleiden when all this was going on in California. She has been showing them who she is. She has been showing them what she wanted to do to pro-lifers who are exposing the truth about abortion at Planned Parenthood. They just chose not to believe
0: it. And that's a good way to put it. And this is such an important issue and one that's very personal to you as well. And when we come back after the break, we're going to talk more about your story as well as opportunities with March for Life coming up here on A View from the Wall. So stick with us.
1: From I Am A Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am A Watchman Minute. What makes a good church? Some say good preaching, music, or programming. Now, I agree these things are important, but they are not essential, and they are not what God is looking for. A good church focuses on lifting up the name of Jesus. A good church focuses on loving others. That's the great commandment. And helping people be ready for the return of the Lord. That's the great commission. A good church is not a place where people are fed, then encouraged, and then rest. A good church is where people are equipped, and then empowered, and then engaged in service. Jesus has a heart for the church, and the I Am A Watchman ministry does too. So pray for your church, pray for the church, and check out the free resources for the church at iamawatchman.com. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. I am a watchman.com.
0: Welcome back to A View from the Wall. As Joe and I continue our fascinating discussion with pro-life leader, Abby Johnson, we want to turn our attention to her story as well as to the March for Life. Abby, this is such a personal issue for you. Take just a moment and let our listeners know why this is so close to your own life, as well as a little bit about what March for Life is and how they can be involved.
2: Sure, yeah. So I, uh, I worked for Planned Parenthood for eight years of my life. I ran one of their clinics here in Texas. And I ended up leaving in October of 2009 after witnessing a live ultrasound-guided abortion procedure where I saw a 13-week-old baby fight and struggle for his life against the abortion instruments. I knew then that there was humanity in the womb. There was life in the womb. And if those two things were true, I knew that I was on the wrong side of this debate. So I decided to, to leave the abortion industry and have since then, you know, really been exposing abortion for what it is. I've been exposing Planned Parenthood, Um, really been trying to show people what they are all about. You know, one of the first things I did after I left Planned Parenthood was I went to the March for Life. I left in October, went public with my story in November, and then went to the March for Life in January. And it's really such an awesome experience. Experience. And people are like, oh, you know, what, you know, big deal. Okay, you come together, you march, you you know, you leave. What's the deal? But look, you know, being in a pro life movement, being publicly pro life, I mean, sometimes it feels isolating. You feel like you're the only person who's pro life out here. You know, I mean, you know, society tells you that it's, it's, it's not okay to be pro life. Society tells you that you're the only one. Society tells you that, you know, that you're the only person out there who's pro life. But the reality is that that's not true. You've got, you know, half a million people that show up every year for the march for life, and it's really just, it's it's important for us to be with other people who are of like mind um, so that we can get energized, we can network with one another, we can fellowship with one another, and we can feel energized to go back out into this battlefield, which is really what it is, because we really are at war with our culture of death, and so that we can continue to keep fighting. And um, the March for Life is just a really beautiful time for us to feel encouraged, for us to feel energized, and for us to all come together and do that.
3: Abby, you've been part of the March for Life before and had different roles throughout the years. This year, it is January 29th in Washington, D.C., just so people have the details. How are you going to be involved this time? Uh, what can people expect at that march? And how could they be involved if they wanted to attend personally or maybe get a group from their church or organization to be there? Yes,
2: yeah, it's going to be a little bit different this year. Usually, there's a big expo and there's hundreds of groups down at the response Hotel, and and you can go down and you know sort of see the different national groups that are that you know you can see how you want to get involved in the movement. Well, this year because of you know coronavirus, we're not having the expo this year, but um, they are still going to have the march. And so you know don't don't be discouraged in that. We are still marching. We are still going to be hundreds of thousands of people strong. It's going to look a little, a little bit different, um, but it's going to be awesome. Actually, I'm excited about the changes that they're making this year. It's going to be a little more, I don't know, technologically savvy, I guess, <laughs> than what we've seen in years past. So they're going to have big jumbotrons going um, down the street of March, um, which is going to be pretty cool. They're going to be showing videos as we're walking um, down through the March. They're going to be doing interviews during the March. You're going to be able to, like, hear from some of the leaders, people like me and other people. So it's going to be really neat. Um, I'm, I'm sort of excited. It's sort of like a... I don't know. I sort of get the feeling... I'm not for sure, but, like, I sort of get the feeling it's going to be, like, the New Year's Eve thing, you know, where, like, you know, you're at the ball drop, you know, where you like, season coverage of everybody on the street. And then all of a sudden, it's, like, you know, Ryan Seacrest interviewing somebody. That's where I sort of think it's going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> so I'm excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be different. It's gonna be new, but you know, we're just sort of rolling with the punches and just having to adapt to the change and um that's one thing the March for Life is really great at is just you know, their adaptability and um and so we'll all be marching down and one of the cool things is that somebody always does a time lapse video of the March and you know, the mainstream media never really covers the March like they should, but One of the coolest things is just watching the hundreds of thousands of people, you know, go down the road. And it just shows that you you are not alone in this fight for life. And so it's it's a really cool thing to be a part of.
0: Well, that's so important. And even for people who may feel like they can't travel to DC because of the pandemic or whatever other issues they may be facing. If you go to marchforlife.org, that's marchforlife.org. Not only do they have all the details for the national march, you can also see what is happening at the state level. There are several state marches this year and you need to check it out because they're not all going to be on that same day of January 29th. Many of them are held at different times throughout January or even later in the spring because of COVID restrictions. And it's really exciting because even if you go there and you don't see one for your local area or your state, you can communicate with March for Life and try to get something going in your own community. So don't feel like, oh man, my town's not there, we're missing out. There is an opportunity for you. And I do wanna encourage you, Abby, as we continue our discussion, take just a moment and talk about other ways people can be involved, even if they can't be there, even if they can't go to a March, what are some other ways people are getting involved in the pro-life movement that are really making an impact today?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, there's over 800 abortion facilities across this country, and so chances are you live close to an abortion facility. And so, Sidewalk Advocates for Life, 40 Days for Life, they hold vigils outside of abortion facilities. Some of them, Sidewalk Advocates for Life, some of them have year-round vigils where they're they're advocating. They're reaching out to women, you know, year-round who are going in to have abortions. They need you out on the sidewalk. Uh, My friend David B. Wright says every day that an abortion clinic is open and there is not a Christian presence in front of that abortion facility, that abortion clinic might as well have a sign up that says this clinic is open with permission of the Christian church. Mm. And isn't that really a punch to the gut? You know, Um, these babies are dying every day in our communities around the country. And by and large, the Christian church is silent. And so, you know, going out there in front of those facilities and being that last line of defense for those innocent little boys and little girls is something that it feels weird, (laughs) you know, it feels uncomfortable, but just your presence alone, just you praying, you don't have to say anything, but just being out there and showing that what's going on inside of that facility is wrong, that it's morally reprehensible, is sometimes enough to save a life. So, you know, finding where those clinics are, going out there, you know, having a prayer presence is important. I remember the last Planned Parenthood Conference I went to, they had done a study and they had found that when people are outside praying in front of those abortion facilities, there are no show rates. The amount of women who go who have an appointment for an abortion but they just simply don't show up goes up to seventy five percent when that's there are amazing. people standing out there and praying. Wow. Because you are showing them when you are out there There is something morally objectionable taking place inside of that clinic. So going and praying in front of that clinic makes a a huge difference. The other thing is that there are over 3,000 pregnancy resource centers across this country. Chances are there's one in your community. So these pregnancy resource centers are providing resources, they're providing diapers, they're providing case management, they're providing hope. women who are in crisis pregnancies and they run off of volunteers and donations so they need your help you may think i don't have anything to offer to a pregnancy resource center but you would be surprised they need your help so seek out your closest pregnancy resource center they are truly boots on the ground and they
0: need your involvement well those are some great insights and we have to take a break for a moment but stick with us we'll be right back with more with abby johnson after this
1: The Bible predicts the rapture of the church is coming. Are you ready? Soon many will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Only they will escape the dark days that are coming, a time of tribulation that will usher in the Antichrist and great destruction upon the entire earth. There's only one escape, one way, one light, one truth. His name is Jesus. He came and died so that we may live forever with him. But to receive this new life, there are three things we must do. The ABCs of salvation. A, admit you're a sinner and that you need a savior. Ask for forgiveness and receive his grace. B, believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he came, lived, died, rose again, and will come again. Believe that he is Lord and God. C, commit to walk his path, the path He wants you to walk, and walk it out by faith. Then you'll be ready for the return of the Lord. To learn more about the rapture and how to know for sure, visit amiraptureready.org.
0: Welcome back to A View From The Wall. We've appreciated Abby Johnson, author of the popular book, Unplanned, for being with us. Many of you have likely seen the film, Unplanned, when it was released and were touched by it. And Abby, I'm sure you're still hearing stories of how people have been changed by your writing and through the film. As we continue our last segment here together, is there perhaps a story that's come out of your work that's been particularly touching to you that you wanted to share with our audience today?
2: You know, there's been so many. There's sort of a funny story that um, that came out of uh, Unplanned, actually, that I'll share. There was actually an unplanned wedding uh, that took place. There was a showing out in, I think it was in California, and this man, he was uh, in his 40s, he went to go see the film, and... You know, we heard about this happening a lot. After the film, somebody would stand up and they would say, you know, Gosh, we've got to do something, you know, and a group of people would stand up and they would, you know, they would decide they were gonna go pray outside of a clinic or they you know, they were a small group of them would decide they would sign up and they would do something, oh, right? I love it. So this guy, he stands up and he just starts going into this speech, you know, sort of this monologue and, and there was a woman sitting in the crowd and she just looked at this man and she just she looked at his finger and he never ran with finger and she was single and she was like I've got to date that guy. This is the man I want to marry, right? And she's like giving this monologue. <laughs> so she walks up to him afterwards and she says, I, I don't know if you're single. I don't know. I don't know what your, what your deal is. And he says, no, I'm, I'm single. And she says, well, I am too. And I really think we should go on a date. <laughs> so they ended up going on a date. Six months later, they get married. And they met at that movie theater of Unplanned. Oh, that's great. At that oh, wow. Unplanned. And I was like, I'm a little offended that I didn't get an invitation for the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so responsible for
0: this. Oh, you should have been invited for <laughs> sure. Great. Yes, that's better than a reality show by far. Yeah.
2: So, they they are like, they're involved in their, you know, in pro life activism and they go out to the clinics and pray together. And, that, you know, they did that on dates. And so it was awesome. So, anyway. Yes. I feel like I should have started like a dating service or something, you know? That's
0: right. Move over, Christian Mingle. Here we go. You know, this is amazing. Well, <laughs> uh, we have some stories we did not expect today, but that is powerful just to see like minded people who are connecting at all kinds of levels in response to what you've done. You wouldn't have expected that, but God is doing some great things. And uh, Joe, jump in here with our next question. I want to make sure we get in a couple more forward we uh, Abby, we hear
3: a lot of discussion about things that could possibly happen overturning Roe v. Wade and things like that at the Supreme Court and other state court levels. And a lot of that sounds very intimidating. People aren't quite sure exactly you know, how they could participate in that. You've named a few things that people can do. What else can people do as an individual, just, I, I can't maybe go to the abortion clinic or whatever. What can people do to be involved at all different ages?
2: Well, you know, first of all, everybody's got social media, right? So, I mean, my parents have social media, so that tells me everybody has social media. <laughs> um, so everybody, everybody has some form of social media. And, you know, now is the time for us to be really bold in our beliefs. You know, I tell people all the time, we spend a lot of time talking about things that don't matter right? I mean, like everybody knows everybody's opinion on mask usage, right? Right. But do we know everybody's opinion on things that really matter on abortion, on salvation, right? On, you know, your views on traditional marriage. I mean, like, guys, these are things that actually matter. So like, we need to be spending our time not quibbling about, all this other nonsense, like, you know, but let's talk about things that matter. And and not just to get in a fight on Facebook, right? But like, let's plant seeds of truth. Let's really take time to be stewards of truth, good stewards of truth, not to get in arguments. It's not about winning an argument. You know, someone said, Win an argument, lose a soul. It's not about winning an argument. It's not about being right. It's about planting seeds of truth and allowing the Holy Spirit to do the convincing, right? I'm not here to convince somebody. I'm here to simply be a truth spreader. And, And so, you know, we all have an opportunity. I mean, even in our own families, I think sometimes, particularly on the issue of abortion, we tend to just shy away from talking about it because we don't want to be offensive or whatever, but I can't think of anything that's more offensive to the heart of God than killing these creations that he gives us to care for. And, and that's what we're doing every day, 2,400 times a day. That's how many abortions are committed in the United States every single day. And so we need to stop worrying about offending one another and start worrying more about offending the heart of God.
0: Well, I appreciate that idea of don't worry about offending someone. We're more concerned about defending the lives of the unborn. And in our last couple of minutes together, Abby, many of our listeners follow issues of life because they are watchmen or watch women, and they want to finish well in these difficult times. What's a word of encouragement you can give to those who are feeling the challenges of this pandemic season that we're in today?
2: You know, I would just say to, to be encouraged, I would say to put your faith over your fear you know we live our lives like there is no corona if i'm perfectly honest with you um we all have to get back to living a normal life and um we have complete trust in god that he is going to you know take care of us if we live a life where we're secure of our eternal life then we shouldn't really be that scared of a virus you know, we need to we need to be present with our families. We need to be present with those that we care about, those who who are around us. A lot of people are struggling right now because of isolation, because they feel alone. And we need to all be aware of that. Check in on each other. If you are feeling isolated, reach out to someone. Don't allow isolation to take over your life. And just continue to, to put... Um, your faith in the things that matter and push fear aside because fear is not of the Lord.
0: And those are such good words. And Abby, we want to thank you again for being with us. For those who want more information about your work or to get your book, where should people go?
2: They can just go to my website. It's Abby, com
0: abbyj.com or loveline.com as well that you work with. And also, if you want more information about March for Life, again, that's marchforlife.org. You can find out more about the national march and state marches near you and any other information you need on the event. And again, for all of our listeners, we appreciate you being with us today for this special episode and encourage you to check out our other episodes and resources at iamawatchman.com. Join us next time here on A View from the Wall.